This is Parliament Watch from the Hindu, a podcast tracking the heartbeat of Indian democracy. Good morning, listeners. Before the Parliament begins a brand new week of discussions and deliberations, here's a recap of Friday's proceedings for you. In the most important development of the day, the Lok Sabha passed the Indian Antarctic Bill 2022 through a voice vote. Earth Sciences Minister Jitendra Singh said that the law was necessary under India's obligations as a signatory to the Antarctic Treaty. We are joined by the Hindu's Deputy Science Editor Jacob Koshi to tell us more about the significance of this law. The Lok Sabha on Friday passed the Indian Antarctic Bill 2022. This bill has had a long history. It was formally introduced in Parliament in April earlier this year, where there was a detailed discussion, including active participation by members of opposition parties on aspects and proposed amendments to the bill. However, in uh, in the latest edition of Parliament, because of the walkout by several opposition members on uh, other issues, there was very little debate in terms of uh, aspects of the bill. Only three. MPs and all of them aligned to the National Democratic Alliance voiced their support of uh, you know of the bill in its entirety and the version of the bill that was passed on uh, Friday was one that that had no amendments to the original text of the bill now the Indian Antarctica bill is a significant one because India as a signatory to the Antarctic Treaty India became a member of it in 1983 this treaty requires that all signatories have their own laws that, that govern activities concerning research scouring for uh, minerals uh, as well as potential fuel reserves or even precious metals what are the kind of laws that uh, you know govern activities between countries who are uh, you know who are actually part of antarctica now remember that uh, antarctica is legally a no man's land and several nations already have one or multiple research stations so it is as of now it is the laws just like uh, embassies abroad it is the laws that uh, you know that govern their country that apply over research stations over there it is important that therefore countries have a formal legal provision in place for uh, you know to address questions such as conflicts between two countries on the uh, you know on the continent then uh, there also needs to be legal provisions for a country to take action against another if it suspects that there has been pollution of the antarctic environment etc india already has uh, two research base stations and going ahead it is quite likely that there will be many more because vast parts of the continent are unexplored therefore this bill is significant in terms of laying out a groundwork on how india interacts with other countries you know in the in the pursuit of learning more about this continent the bill now passes to the rajya sabha and if after potential discussion if it is passed over there it finally becomes law thank you jacob apart from the indian antarctic bill the house was unable to transact any significant business as the opposition continued to protest and raise slogans against price rise Biju Janata Dal MP Mahesh Sahu questioned the government on India's low rank in the Global Hunger Index. 
India was ranked 101 out of 116 countries in the index released in October 2021. In a written reply, Minister of Women and Child Development Smriti Irani informed the House that the report, prepared by European NGOs, does not reflect India's true picture. Only one of the indicators used to prepare the report is directly related to hunger, the minister said in her response. You can check out our show notes for the Hindus' further coverage on India's ranking in the Global Hunger Index. Answering questions on financial help to Sri Lanka, Minister of External Affairs Dr. S. Jayashankar informed the Lok Sabha that India has extended eight lines of credit amounting to more than 1,850 million US dollars to the neighboring country in the past 10 years. In January 2022, India extended a currency swap of 400 million US dollars to Sri Lanka under the SARC framework. A line of credit worth 500 million US dollars was also extended for importing fuel from India. Additionally, India extended a credit facility of 1 billion US dollars to Sri Lanka to procure food, medicines and other essential items from India. The government of Tamil Nadu has contributed rice, milk powder and medicines worth 16 million US dollars for Sri Lanka as part of India's assistance effort. Let's move on to Rajya Sabha now. My colleague Deeksha Munjal will take us through the developments of the upper house. Thanks Priyali. So, owing to opposition protests, the Rajya Sabha sought two adjournments before lunch during Friday's proceedings. but it managed to conduct the question hour at noon and devoted 2 hours to private members legislative business after lunch during the question hour parliamentarians asked multiple questions majority of them relating to agriculture food stocks and commerce and industry food and consumer affairs minister piyush goyal provided statistics on the center's public distribution scheme and wheat stocks available in the country Mr Goyal said that India was the only country that had maintained a wheat stock balance amid the global food grain crisis. He said that the government had 285.1 lakh tons of wheat stock under the central pool as on July 1st 2022 which was well over the food grain stocking norms. He also added that India was expected to have wheat stocks of 134 lakh tons in food corporation of India's godowns at the start of the next fiscal year or 2023 which would be 80% more than the buffer norm. Answering a question about increasing the nutrient value of grains distributed under the public distribution scheme to address conditions like anemia and other deficiencies, Mr. Goyal said that the government, under its private scheme in eleven states till 2022, had distributed around 4.3 lakh metric tons of fortified rice. He added that the center had also approved the move to make all rice grains fortified under its PDS schemes by 2024. Meanwhile, Minister of Agriculture Narendra Tomar said in a separate reply that there was no wheat crisis in India and that the wheat export ban had no adverse impact on farmers' incomes. Minister of State for Agriculture and Farmers' Welfare Kailash Chaudhary 
also answered questions during the question hour. Responding to newly elected Ahmadni Party MP from Punjab, Ashok Kumar Mittal's questions about Punjab's representation in the center's recently formed Minimum Support Price Committee, Mr. Chaudhary said that the committee to deliberate on the issue of MSP had sufficient representation from the state governments, farming community, central government and experts. The minister added that despite agriculture being a state subject, the centre did not discriminate between states and was making all efforts to increase farmers' incomes. He cited the centre's 1 lakh crore agriculture infrastructure fund, adding that 10,000 farmer-producer organisations or FPOs were also being established in the country. Co-Minister of State for Agriculture, Shobha Karandlaje, also answered questions related to the promotion of farming and informed that states had sent proposals worth Rs 13,000 crore to the centre for approval under the Agriculture Infrastructure Fund, adding that each state could send such proposals for projects and avail the funds under the 1 lakh crore scheme. Now moving to the second half of the proceedings on Friday, when time was devoted to the introduction and discussions on private members' bills. Both Houses of Parliaments, when in session, are generally supposed to dedicate two and a half hours on Friday to private members' legislative business. Private members are MPs who are not ministers of the Union Cabinet, and private members' bills are those drafted by MPs and not the government. Such members table bills on various subjects relating to those interests of their states that are not addressed in government bills or on broader concerns that they wish to address through legislation. An example of a private member's bill is Congress MP Shashi Tharoor's proposed bill from 2017 to abolish the death penalty or the Uniform Civil Code Bill of 2020 by BJP's Kirori Lal Meena. Private members' bills, however, do not get passed very often. In the over 70 years of the operation of the Indian Parliament, just 14 private members' bills have been passed as laws. Multiple private members' bills were introduced during Friday's session and the House devoted a substantial amount of time to discussing and considering the Right to Health Bill introduced last year by Rashtriya Janta Dal MP from Bihar, Manoj Kumar Jha. His bill calls for health to be laid down as a fundamental right and to ensure equitable access to health care for all citizens. While discussing the bill proposed by him, Mr. Jha said that he was requesting on behalf of the quarter to three lakh Indians who lost their lives to COVID-19 that health be made a fundamental right. While multiple members, including those from the BJP, argued that the right to health is already implied under the right to life or Article 21 of the Constitution, several MPs supported the bill and called for increased allocation to health in the union budget. And now, moving on to fact of the day. 72,993. That is the number of startups in India as of June 2022. It rose from 471 in 2016 when the government launched Startup India Initiative to over 72,000 this year 
Minister of State for Commerce and Industry Som Prakash said on Friday. That's it from Parliament Watch today. Both houses will resume at 2 p.m. instead of 11 a.m. today on account of the swearing-in ceremony of Draupadi Murmu as India's 15th president. Join us tomorrow for a recap of Monday's proceedings.